this is UU Todd Phillips, the golden voice of the great Southwest, and you're listening to Loafer's Glory, the hobo jungle of the mind. One, two, buckle my shoe. Buckle your own shoe. Who said that? I did. What are you doing with those silly buckles on your shoes anyway? Three, four, shut the door. You shut it. You opened it. Or five, six, pick up sticks. Why should I pick them up? Do you think I'm your slave? Buckle my shoes, shut the door, pick up sticks. Next day you'd be telling me to lay them straight. But it's only a poem. Nine, ten, big fat. Oh, never mind. Yep, here it is, Utah, back again with the Loafer's Glory, the Hobo Jungle of the Mind here, and I'm here in the studio with Steve Baker, the engineer, the guy that twists the knobs and the dials. Of course, you were just listening to Jimmy and Nancy Borsdorf, Hawks and Eagles, who very kindly put together that rendition of the, the old tune, Loafer's Glory. Today, well, you know, I've had some correspondence, and some folks stop me on the street and say, how come you never do anything for the kids? That's what I intend to do. Uh, I know that I've been derelict in that, and I do like kids, uh, pretty much. So, uh, and I like kids' stories. Like, for instance, how come the crack in your butt goes up and down instead of back and forth? Well, that's so when you're going down the slide in the playground, you don't go... (laughs) It's an image. Okay, here's another one. Here's another one from my daughter when she was a little kid. Uh, What's the difference between... Uh, cauliflower and boogers. Kids won't eat cauliflower. Well, the reason that I'm in Nevada City is because of my kid, because of Brendan. My, my, well, he's 21 now, but when he was a little kid, up we were in Spokane, Washington, and he uh, was part of the Young Writers Project. They have this project up there in Washington State where they put writers and poets into the public schools to teach them writing skills. Well, since he was in the program, they invited me to the big final conclave out at Eastern Washington State University at Cheney to tell stories to the kids. Well, I I allowed it I'd do that, and I was going to behave myself because I had to live there at that time. Well, it was an enormous auditorium, uh, mammoth place, and it looked out, there was 2,100 young faces out there, none of them with any prospects anybody could detect. And along the side of the stage was the suit and tie crowd. Uh, the principals and people from the school district, and then the the fellow from the Chamber of Commerce, the principal speaker who was going to be on after me. 
Well, something inside me snapped. I got to the microphone, looked out at that sea of upturned faces, and said something to the effect of, you're about to be told one more time that you're America's most valuable natural resource. Have you seen what they do to valuable natural resources? They're going to strip mine your soul. They're going to clear-cut your best thoughts for the, for the sake of profit unless you learn to resist because the profit system follows the path of least resistance and following the path of least resistance is what makes the river crooked. Ha! Well, there was great gnashing of teeth and rending of garments. Mine. I was born to the door, screaming epithets over my shoulder, something to the effect of, Make a break for it, kids. Flee to the wilderness. The one within, if you can find it. Well... I left town, moved to Nevada City, wrote them a nice letter, though, to their little literary magazine. I respect kids. In that letter, I said many sage things, mainly learned at my mother's knee. She'd say things like, the hand that turns the doorknob opens the door. Come on, Ma, what is it? I never understood. She'd say, practical stuff. She'd say, a bird in the hand ain't worth nothing if you're trying to blow your nose. Well, that's, I tried it. They wiggle around. doesn't work. But the truth to the truth, and that's what I wrote these kids. I said, if you learn anything in your barn of learning, let it be this, that being likable will get you further than talent. Do I know this? Well, I sang them this song on that dreadful occasion. They didn't like it any better than a sermon. See how you like it. New children's music from Topanga, California, courtesy of the great Peter Alsop. Oh, as soon as you're born, grown-ups check where you pee and Then they decide just how you ought to be A Girls pink and quiet, boys noisy and blue Seems like a dumb way to choose what you'll do Cause it's only a wee-wee, so what's the big deal? It's only a wee-wee, so what's all the fuss? It's only a wee-wee and everyone's got one There's better things to discuss <laughs> it's my idea of a kid's song, folks. Full bore overhead, cam spoke, wild wheel, no holes barred, kid's song. When's the last time you said wee-wee anyway? Now, I've told you before, Mom, stop washing them dishes. Dad, put down that funky old newspaper. Tell them squalling kids to hash up. Gather on the radio and sing along with old Uter. It's only a wee-wee, so what's the big deal? It's only a wee-wee, so what's all the fuss? It's only a wee-wee and everyone's got one. There's better things. To discuss. Try it out, huh? It's only a wee-wee, so what's the big deal? It's only a wee-wee, so what's all the fuss? It's only a wee-wee, and everyone's got one. There's better things to discuss. Oh, girls must wear makeup, girls' names and girls' clothes. Boys must wear sneakers, but not pantyhose. The grown-ups will teach you the rules to their dance. If you get confused, they'll say, look in your pants. But it's only a wee-wee, so what's the big deal? It's only a wee-wee, so what's all the fuss? It's only a wee-wee, and everyone's got one. There's better things to discuss. If I live to be nine... I won't understand why blown-ups are always obsessed with their glands. If I touch myself, don't do that, I'm told. You'd think that I might explode. It's only a wee-wee, so what's the big deal? It's only a wee-wee, so what's all the fuss? It's only a wee-wee, and everyone's got one. There's better things to discuss. Oh, the blown-ups will watch every move that you make. Boys must not cry, girls must bake cake. It all seems so formal, I think that it smells. Let's all be abnormal and act like ourselves. 
Cause it's only a wee wee so what's the big deal? It's only a wee wee so what's all the fuss? It's only a wee wee and everyone's got one. There's better things to discuss. Wee 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 wee. Well, did you enjoy singing that? Good, now see, most of you listen to this program are Unitarians. That means you're not in church, so this is your church service, folks. That's why you gather on the radio and you sing along. You regard these as your, as your Sunday morning hymns. And those of you, that's one of the reasons we do this at 11, is because those of you who have been to church and have come home, I have an opportunity to put you uh, through some rehab. You know, little kids are born... Was it Ashley Montague? Ashley Montague said... Adults are deformed children. Ha! You feel deformed? I do. Well, the kids are, little kids are born with this bridge between world time and dream time. And they wander back and forth over it at will, don't they? And you never know which end of the bridge they're standing at, do you? You just got to be willing to stand with them at the dream time end of that bridge instead of jerk-lining them over into world time and then burning the bridge behind them on the presumption that facts will save your butt. Have they? No, and they're not gonna. It takes a change of heart that happens at the other end of the bridge. You know, little kids understand the power of a story. When you have the power of a story, any object will do to act it out. Uh, a coffee can or a Quaker Oats box becomes a rocket ship. But you put a kid down in front of a television set, and that television set reaches out and says to them, you can't own the power of this story unless you buy the object. The exact opposite of what we're all equipped to do. So we fight with might and main in our households. We turn out, throw the TV out into the front, uh, into the yard, and, and we learn to transform ourselves back into our, our best and most natural selves. All the wonders of the mind need not be explicit. I will sing you a pay-on for the liberation of children of my own device some years ago. If I remember, it's called a kid's liberation. Oh, look what I found out here in the backyard. It's fuzzy and curls like it's going somewhere. When I open my hand up and ask you my question, you thump me and holler, don't bring it in here. I had be a thought that I wanted to tell you I had an idea I wanted to share Buddy, you make me feel like I don't know nothing And sometimes I wonder if you even care Oh, Mommy's out getting her hair up in curlers And Daddy's wrapped up in his football and beer And maybe they think that I'm just a damn nuisance But I sure as hell didn't ask to be here I ain't a broom you can hide in a closet, and I ain't a dog you can bribe with a treat. I am tired of your threats and your punches and promises, and I'd run away, but I can't cross the street. Surrounded by teachers and preachers and parents, you say everybody knows better than me. But I know some things that you never thought of, and you'd be surprised at the stuff that I see. Oh, I see the ants, I see the butterflies, I see the birds in the tops of the trees. I can't got me a camera that doesn't miss nothing, and my friends are anything smaller than me. Now everyone's trying to get liberated, 
You all got the notion you want to be free. Red folks and poor folks and black folks and women. Now all you damn grown-ups quit picking on me. As you noticed, I make a few mistakes in there. But, you know, I do that for a reason. There's people in every listening audience that are nothing but look for mistakes. And I'm trying to please everybody. An exhaustive rationalization. Well, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out quite the way that it's supposed to. As I've traveled around the country, I've encountered many, many stories, and I've stayed in households where all different kinds of children are. And I've, I've been in places where the story was beautiful and glorious, and I've been in places where it was immeasurably sad. I'll tell you one of those stories, and then you listen to the song I made out of it. The stories you run into when you're traveling across the country. I was going through Syracuse, New York, on my way to Saratoga Springs. Under conditions I don't choose to describe because I don't like to remember them, a young child was being abused. She was sent to the hospital. As I traveled through the small towns, I would check back with the hospital to see how she was doing. Well, they told me that she had passed away, so as I drove, I thought, and I wept, and I made this song. Her name was LaShonda Bedell. Hey, little person way down there, what did you knock over climbing up on your chair? Where did it come from? It whistled through the air. Now you're crying. Hey, little baby, your bottle's on the shelf. Up there so high, you can't get it down yourself. You forgot the last time. Maybe Mom'll help. Now you're crying. Pick up your old friend and try to be alone. A raggedy old blanket and a shiny little thumb. What's it all about when the big folks start to shout? Fly away, little bird. There's no one left to scold you. Bright morning sun, white clouds enfold you. Wake up someplace new. Your mama's gonna hold you. Fly away. I wish I could send you to some little island where daddy always listens and mama's always smiling. And no matter what they do, they can't take it out on you. Fly away, little bird. There's no one left to scold you. Bright morning sun, white clouds enfold you. Wake up someplace new. Your mama's gonna hold you. Fly away, fly away. Well, bad memory. It has to come out some way. Kids have a lot of ways to, speaking, uh, to, to speak to us, don't they? His mind's not just in words or even in tears. It's by body motions, by this kind of deviltry or that kind. Sometimes it's just by, I know a case where it was by stealing cars just to, to get, get your parents' attention. You've got to understand those languages, all of those languages, so that you're able to listen a great deal more closely. Um, George Ward, back in... Uh, Oh, it's a Niskiuna, New York. He made up this song that's, uh, that's about that. You listen to it, uh, you, you Gotta Talk My Language, sung by Ed Trickett. Mm-hmm. 
I ask you, do you love me? Will you answer, yes I do? Even though I ask by standing on your toes Because I wouldn't know the words to say Don't know what love is anyway I'm not sure that anybody knows I need something and I know it If you can feel me, I can show it You can push me if you want to You can wiggle just one toe If I can just believe it's loving You can make me quit my shoving You gotta talk my language It's the only one I know If I wait until you turn your back and hit you with my fist I know that you'll be angry like before But I don't know what else to do There's something that I want from you Just can't wait to ask you anymore I can't sing it, I can't yell it I can't write it, I can't spell it if you hit, you'll hurt me inside where the bruises never show. But if you catch me, shake me, hold me, then I've asked you and you told me. You gotta talk my language, it's the only one I know. If I skid my bike in circles, if I show you both my turtles, I tell you all the bad things that I do Will you guess I'm not just playing That it's something that I'm saying Can you make up answers I can tell are true If you only say you love me You'll be talking way above me That's no way to answer anyone Who's standing on your toe If I'm good or bad then show me if you love me, show you know me You gotta talk my language, it's the only one I know Isn't that a true song? Isn't that just a true song? Uh, of course, now talking back to kids, that's a, there's a whole art to that too uh, Let me tell you a story about that uh, Rosalie Sorrell, she lives up there in Grimes Creek, Idaho, but she lived down in Salt Lake the same time that I did. It was a big old crumbling mansion of a house there up on P Street and 2nd Avenue. Rosalie had five kids, which is why I say the house is crumbling. Her, her playpen looked like a bus stop for midgets. Well, one time, there was a folklore conference that was happening there in uh, Salt Lake at the university, and Gene Ritchie from the singing family of the Cumberland, a great songwriter and a dulcimer player, I mean, a true woman of the mountains, she was going to come and stay with Rosalie for that conference. Well, Rosalie knew that Gene Ritchie was an extremely fastidious human being and that she was just as likely to get down her hands and knees and start cleaning the baseboards in the kitchen as anything else. So she just went out of her way to make sure before Jean got there that everything was spick and span. She's on the chair, on her knees, polishing. Meanwhile, those five kids are coming in one after the other, busting for each other for whatever infraction of what they conceive to be the rules to be. Lady got on her and aggravated her. She finally wound up 
singing back to them what they were saying to her. And that really aggravated them until finally they fell in love with the song and brought the neighbor kids in and said, sing that song, sing that song. Well, I'll sing it to you. Uh, let's see, can I do it? Mm. I'll get it. Oh, I'm, if I sing it there, I'll hurt myself. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna holler and I'm gonna yell. I get you in trouble for everything you do, cause I'm gonna tell on you. That's another one of those choruses you can sing. Let's bend the windows outward with this one. That I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell, I'm going to holler, I'm going to yell. Get you in trouble with everything. Now that everything is kind of a qual. It's not exactly a note. Hmm? Oh, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell, I'm going to holler and I'm going to yell. I get you in trouble for everything you do, because I'm going to tell on you. I'm gonna tell mama where you hid the broom So you wouldn't have to sweep up your room Then mama will sweep the room up with you Cause I'm gonna tell on you Hey, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna holler and I'm gonna yell I get you in trouble for everything you do Cause I'm gonna tell on you I'm gonna tell mama that you suck your thumb. I'm gonna tell her where you stuck your gum. Soon she'll find out about the cat and the glue. Cause I'm gonna tell on you. Hey, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna holler and whistle and yell. I get you in trouble for everything you do. Cause I'm gonna tell on you. I'm gonna tell mama you socked me and hit me. I'm gonna tell her you punched me and bit me. Ain't gonna tell her what I done to you. I'm just gonna tell on you. Hey, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna holler and I'm gonna yell. I get you in trouble for everything you do cause I'm gonna tell on you. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? I'm glad I brought a guitar down here. I know I stumble through these songs. I never could play the guitar. I use a guitar on the stage for defensive purposes to fend off flying objects. Well, now, let me tell you a story about my, my son, Brendan, when he was a little kid. This is before, even before he went to school. We were staying at the Pex cabin up there by Lake Ponderay in the Panhandle of Idaho, living in Spokane at the time. And uh, Brandon was out playing, and he picked up a rock and threw it. You know, he knocked out one of the windows in their French doors, made a terrible racket. Well, we, of course, fixed it, and the, the pecs said, that's okay. Uh, you know, they, they didn't make any big um, fuss about it. But, you know, I had these broadside poems. There was an organization in Spokane that that printed up broadsheets of small poems that we put on the buses and they put on conspicuous places downtown. There was one of them I really liked. It was written by a, I think a seven-year-old kid named a Tom Lynn. I had it on the pantry door. Well, every time Brendan sat down to eat, he'd ask me to read him that poem because he couldn't read it himself. After some weeks, 
we were across the street at the Peck's. They lived across the road at the Peck's house, and Kathleen uh, was in there. And Brendan walked in. He walked up to her, and he leaned his elbows on her knees, and he looked up at her, and he recited that poem. And that poem was, When I broke a window, it felt like the devil killing me. I hid behind a tree, but he found me. He told my mom, and I couldn't eat for the rest of the day. I meant to throw it into the driveway, but hit the window. It sounded like thunder roaring. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Wonderful that he, if, I don't need to know any more about the value of a poem than that. How to deal with that violence. Well, here's a song by, by Peter Alsop that, that talks about the violence that sometimes is, a, is inside of you. Dear Mr. President, I am in second grade. My teacher thought that I should write this down for you. I don't know why he thinks that you'd be interested. You have so many things to do. Last week at Show and Tell, I shared my sticker book. And Michael Ergo said that he had one like mine. I said I had about 200 stickers now. He said he had 509. I got home after school, picked up my piggy bank, emptied it out, and then I laughed and put it down. I went to Favorite Things. It's like a sticker store. Maybe they have one in your town. I got more stickers than I probably should have got. I brought them home and then I stuck them in my book. It took me very long, like maybe half a day. Well, I'm not sure how long it took. I brought them all to school, and Michael laughed at me. He said at home he had a whole lot more than me. He said his father owns a sticker factory and brought him home 10,003. I called him a dirty liar. He called me something else, something my parents said a person shouldn't say. I told him, cut it out. He said, you make me stop. I hate when people talk that way. Then I hit Michael's arm. I know I shouldn't hit, but I was angry as an eight-year-old can be. He hit me back, of course. Soon we were fighting hard, me hitting him, him hitting me. My mouth was full of blood, his nose was bleeding too. We had to talk about it instead of having Jim. We should have gone to Jim, the talk was really dumb. Him blaming me, me blaming him. I got home mad that day, threw out my sticker book. I don't know why I like those stickers anyway. You just keep buying them to say you have the most. That's such a boring thing to say. I save my money now. Soon I'll buy better stuff. Stuff that is useful like a bicycle or sled. And Michael's friends with me showed me his sticker book. Not quite as many as he said. I cannot figure out why I am writing this. Maybe my teacher thinks that you have stickers too. Well, if you really do, why don't you throw them out? Sincerely, your friend, Tommy Drew.
I took my son. Well, he was 14, 15 now. We went off toward the Delaware Water Gap there in, in northern New Jersey. I took them to visit old apple farms where they've been pressing apples and worms. That's how you make good cider. Oh, for generations. And those farmers have seen that black smudge on the horizon called New York City, but they've never been there, never had any desire to go there. Salt of the earth, slow-talking, slow-thinking people. And I want my kids to be socially mobile, to be able to talk to all kinds of people, uh, not just what they conceive to be their own class of people. We were driving toward the water gap, for example, and outside the, the car, right along the road, was an old frame house, big barn up and back, old couple sitting on the porch there. Next to him, we were driving slow, Next to him in a little boxwood chair, a little boxwood rocker, was a small pig. It wasn't a china pig, it was just a little pig. And it had a, a blue comforter around what passed for shoulders on a pig. <laughs> but we looked close and saw that it had a wooden leg. One of its legs was made out of wood, a pig. So we stopped and talked about the weather and talked about farm prices and parity and all the stuff we didn't know about any more than he knew about, you know, the farmer. Because you work up to what you're there to talk about. We wanted to find out about the pigs, so we asked about it. Fella said, well, you know, I was uh, fixing the pump in the pump house. It was busted, and I heard an awful squealing outside the door. Well, that little pig had busted loose and uh, was down there squealing outside the pump house door because there was a fire in the barn. And I stuck my head up out of there to see what all the racket was in time to see the smoke. Could have lost the whole shooting match. I got up there in time to put it out. Well, that's when I made the little rocker for the, for the pig. It's a pretty thing, don't you think? Well, I allowed it was. Of course, that didn't explain the comforter or the wooden leg. Well, I asked about that, and he said, well, you know, me and the missus upstairs asleep. A couple of local yahoos busted into the downstairs to rifle the place. Well, I heard an awful racket on the back porch. That little pig had busted loose, was butting his head up against the screen door on the back porch, woke us up in time for me to, to collar them yahoos and march them off down to the sheriff. We could have been killed in our beds hadn't been for that pig. Missus here made the little shawl for it. Cunning, ain't it? Yeah, it was. Of course, that didn't explain the wooden leg. <laughs> Asked about that. Said, well, now, a pig like that, you wouldn't want to eat it all at once. <laughs> in their fetid galleons daggers in their skivvies with infected tattooed fingers on a blunderbuss or two with the signs of scurvy in their eyes and thoughts of mermaids on their minds it's from them I would expect to hear the F word not from you sit down to have a chat it's f word this and f word that i can't control how you young people talk with one another but i don't want to hear you use that 
vacationing in Anchorage, enchanting with their pine tar soup and caribou shampoo. With their seven weeks of back pay and their aromatic woolens, it's from them I would expect to hear the F word, not from you. Always sit down to have a chat. It's F word this and F word that. I can't control how you young people talk with one another, but I don't want to hear you. There's the militant survivalist with Gucci bandoleros Taking tacky khaki walkie talkies to their rendezvous Trading all the latest armor piercing ammo information It's from them I would expect to hear the F word not from you Sit down to have a chat. It's F word this and F word that. I can't control how you young people talk with one another. But I don't want to hear you use that F word with your mother. There are jocks who think that God Himself is drooling in the bleachers. In a cold November downpour, with a belly full of brew, whose entire grasp of heaven has a lot to do with football. It's from them I would expect to hear the F word, not from you. Always sit down to have a chat. It's F word this and F word that I can't control how you young people talk with one another, but I don't want to hear you use that F word with your mother. There are unsavory musicians with their filthy pinko lyrics who destroy the social fabric. And enjoy it when they do. With their groupies and addictions and their poor, heartbroken parents, it's from them I would expect to hear the F word, not from you. Always sit down to have a chat. It's F word this and F word that. I can't control how you young people talk with one. But I don't want to hear you use that F word with your mother. Sure is good to see the kids here. Fine, the fruit of my loom, <laughs> shuttle, as it were. Now, I guess part of my task is to. Introduce them to the radical elders. I've always thought that was a parent's obligation, was to get the kids together with the radical elders. You see, um, I think many times I've talked about Idaho Blackie to you, haven't I? The old wobbly organizer and top faller when he could still do it. 
before he got too old to do it, uh, organizer for the industrial workers of the world. During the 30s, he wrote for the One Big Union Monthly. That's how I tracked him down, was through back issues of that, where it mentioned towns like Post Falls, Idaho, and I could go to those towns. And sure enough, there was Idaho Blackie. I had the privilege of introducing Morgan Bell, my daughter, to Idaho Blackie. Uh, he always, Blackie always took his breakfast. Uh, over there in Coeur Lane on 4th Street at, at one, uh, one uh, breakfast joint. So I, I woke Morgan up early one morning. It's about 27 miles over there. And she missed her oatmeal. She's had oatmeal practically every morning of her life when she was little. It's that, that hard ball of carbohydrates down inside that radiating energy for hours on end. You eat your oatmeal, damn, it's good for you. Well, she missed it, and we drove over to Coeur d'Alene. Uh, of course, by the time we got there, we were late and breakfast was off. Uh, the last bowl of oatmeal was sitting there steaming in front of Idaho Blackie, who was reading the newspaper, not paying any attention to it. I, I offered that old man a $5 bill for that bowl of oatmeal so my daughter could have hers, as she had all those mornings. Well, he wouldn't even pay any attention to me. Now... Morgan Bell is not to be dolt with nor in no cavalier fashion like that. No, sir. She's aggressive in almost all the good ways. She sat down opposite Idaho Blackie, picked up a spoon, reached underneath the paper, sitting beneath the paper, and started to skim the oatmeal off. <laughs> Swallow it. He wouldn't pay any attention to her. Finally, she reached underneath the paper, took the placemat by the corners, and deftly eased that oatmeal up in front of her, began to shovel it down, got down to the bottom of the bowl, and there was a big old cockroach. And it just revolted her, and she threw everything back up in, into the bowl, and Blackie put down the paper and said, oh, you saw it too. <laughs> stage of life they're apt to be nervous and overexcited confused from their daily storm and strife just keep in mind though it seems hard I know most parents were children long ago incredible so treat them with patience and kind understanding in spite of the foolish things they do. Someday you might wake up and find you're a parent too. Well, that was Pete Seeger in a very, very old live concert he did at Carnegie Hall with a whole place full of kids. It'd be kind to your parents by a fellow named H. Rome. And before that, that was a story about Morgan Bell, my daughter, and then you heard the F-word song. Isn't that a wonderful piece of work? Kathy Fink and Marcy, Mar Marcy Markser. Uh, and then, of course, that old saw the pig with the wooden leg, which is true, you know, uh, I don't know anybody that has a working relationship with the truth. Uh, I think uh, the worst licking I ever had when I was a kid was when I told the truth. Sure cured me. 
Well, now, learning, learning. Most of you kids, it's Sunday. It's your day off, and then you're going to go back to that barn of learning. You know, education, I never understood why I was in school. I never understood why on a given day that my parents took me to this building and left me there in the hands of strangers and drove away as though the most perfectly rational thing in the world. Never understood it. But you know, I never bailed out on it. Sure, I went to school. But I decided when I was young, you see if you can decide it too, I decided that I was responsible for my education. Not my parents, not the school, not my teachers, but I was responsible for my education. I was just surrounded by all these tools, by the teachers, by the textbooks, uh, by the radio, by the beautiful library across the street uh, there on Euclid Avenue in Cleveland. All these, and then, of course, my elders who lived next door. I was surrounded by all these resources. It was up to me to learn how to ask the questions. It was up to me to learn how to remember the answers. That's why I've always got something with me. Wherever I'm driving or walking, whatever, something I'm trying to memorize so that I exercise my brain to keep those channels open, keep it able to do what it's equipped to do, what we're all equipped to do. We, don't, we keep assigning our memory to machines, computers, books. No. You can use that engine. And also your curiosity. You know, I watch a little baby play, first start to crawl, Try to one block, put one block on another. Try to put a, a peg into a hole. It's enormous curiosity. They're learning machines. How do we give that up? How do we give that up? Don't let anybody talk you out of your curiosity. Exercise that muscle of your brain and, and learn to remember. But most of all, question, 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 question. And don't expect your school to do it for you. Let's listen to Tom Paxson's old song, What Did You Learn in School Today? What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? I learned that Washington never told a lie. I learned that soldiers seldom die. I learned that everybody's free, and that's what the teacher said to me. And that's what I learned in school today. That's what I learned in school. And what did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? I learned that policemen are my friends. I learned that justice never ends. I learned that murderers die for the crimes, even if we make a mistake sometimes. And that's what I learned in school today. That's what I learned in school. And what did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? I learned that war is not so bad. I learned about the great ones we have had. We fought in Germany and in France, and someday I might get my chance. And that's what I learned in school today. That's what I learned in school. And what did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? I learned our government must be strong It's always right and never wrong Our leaders are the finest men And we elect them again and again And that's what I learned in school today That's what I learned in school Oh, so that's what you learned in school today, huh? Hey, I'll tell you, 
I want to know something you're not going to learn in school. You know where you're going to learn it? You're going to learn it from me. You know where I learned it? I learned it from my elders, from uh, asking the right questions. You go to your school and you look at it. You're going to see the desks are in straight lines, the desks are in rows, and the authority, the teacher is standing up in the front. And your life is, in school is run by bells and run by clocks. Now, you're going to find out when you get out of school, when you go into the, into the become a worker, you know, you're going to find out that it's built the same way as your workplace, with lines, with regimentation, uh, with military precision, with the authority figure standing up in front, uh, or, the, or your foreman or your boss, you know, so, and, the, and bells and time clocks. One of the things that school does is prepare you for the workplace, not just the information that they think they can use, but the regimentation, the mindset that will turn you into one of the army of production. Well, one of the ways that we're able to deal with that, and this is the reason it isn't taught in the schools, is through the union, through labor. Now, kids, there's a lot of things you can do by yourself. You know that. There are some things you, you can't get done except with other people. And that's all a union is and all that it was ever intended to be, a way to get things done that you can't get done alone. So, you get, and you're not going to teach you this in school. You've got to study it yourself. You've got to ask questions yourself. And don't listen to, to take in all the answers, you know, and judge for yourself. The way that you're going to control the condition of your labor, when you go to work, when you start making wages, the way you're going to control that is with your fellow workers, and you're going to start a union, and have a whale of a lot of fun doing it. You'll have some hardship, but you'll have that solidarity. You'll be sticking together, all right? Now, we're going to hear an example of some kids that did that by John McCutcheon, uh, called The Principal. And then right after that, I want you to get up off your chairs. I want you to grab garbage can lids or pie plates and wooden spoons and start to march. March around the table. March around the living room because you're going to hear a song called Kids on Strike. Oh, we wanted to have us a school fair. You know the kind that they have almost anywhere. I was elected to talk to the principal. Just to see what she would say She said it's a fine idea But please understand It takes experience and people and a good plan And I really don't see how we could manage it now Thanks for visiting, now have a nice day Well, I went to the class and I let them know That the principal had quite politely told us no they asked Jessie and I to give it one more try To see if she would see us as a pair And when we got to the office, she said, fine I agreed to meet with each of you one at a time I looked at Jessie with a grin, he looked at me, I looked at him And then together we decided what was fair And we said, thank you, no, we don't think so We came here together as a team What one can't do Try again with two, cause you're never really lonesome as you see. Well, she still said no, and when we went back, the whole class decided on a different track. We talked to all the rooms and grades, all the teachers and the aides, all the janitors and cooks were on our side. When the whole school gathered on the front lawn, and the principal saw what was going on She said, I will agree to meet 
like a group of three to discuss this matter now. Please come inside. And we said, thank you, no, we don't think so. We came here together as a team. What one can't do, you try again with two. And if two can't score, you come back with many more because you're never really lonesome as you seem. And she said, oh, oh, I just didn't know. We'll have the best darn fair you've ever seen. What one can't do, you try again with two, and if two can't score, you come back with many more, and if a group can act as one, you'll be surprised what can be done, because you're never really lonesome as you seem.
Organized. Don't mourn. Organized. All right, kids. But now look, I polemicized. Now, there's a word you don't hear every day. I've talked to you. I've rapped on you. I've danced on your head. And I've been, I've lectured. And I've been, sometimes I've been pretty stern. But so let's, let's lighten up. Let's relax. As long as you're standing up, grab your folks and let's dance. Dance, dance around the room. Dance under the table. Dance on the table. Let's dance to the cheap suit serenaders and have fun. This morning, well, it's morning here. I don't know what time it is where you are. You've been listening to Loafer's Glory, the Hobo Jungle of the Mind. My name is U. Utah Phillips, and I am indeed the golden voice of the great Southwest. Michelle Silverstein said the little boy... Sometimes I drop my spoon, said the little old man. I do that too. The little boy whispered, I wet my pants. I do that too, laughed the little old man. Said the little boy, I often cry. The old man nodded, so do I. But worst of all, said the boy, it seems grown-ups don't pay attention to me. I know what you mean, said the little old man. (laughs) 